0: Hi, it's Rob Shrimp from 44 Vision Hockey. 44 Vision Hockey is an online coaching platform for both boys and girls. The 44 Vision platform is a 360-degree immersive training model designed to help players achieve their goals. You can learn from the coaches who have all achieved from the highest levels in the game, all the way from NHL on the men's side to Olympic team members on the women's side.
1: Check out our website
0: at 44visionhockey.com.
1: Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show Special Edition upload powered by the Game Entertainment and Media along with the GameSportsShow.com. On top of being connected or listening through our website, you may be tuning in on one of the many media platforms that we are heard on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Podbean, or Podtail podcast platforms, or even social media platforms such as Facebook or Instagram. Either way, we're very happy you're able to join us for our recording. Getting to our Special Edition co host Here on this upload, this post brought to you by Compass Imaging Group and Demansky Office Interiors. A man who traveled the world when it comes to hockey, North America, Europe, played over a thousand professional games. A player who was able to score goals, take wicked clappers from the top of the circle, basically trademarked, by the way, even still in men's league. A speed demon wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. The one and only Brendan Brooks.
2: Brooksy, what's up, pal? How's it going? I love it. Another new intro. I'll take it. Keep (laughs) them coming.
1: I try to type in make it different each time, okay, because I don't want everyone to make it feel like a broken record repeating it, but I got to make sure I mention those slap shots. I say it every time because everyone knows you with those clap bombs. I think everyone who's played with you, plays with you, mentally against you, whatever it may be, they know what that clap bomb is.
2: I think we might be able to talk about it a little bit today with our guests, too. <laughs> I think so. A little bit. But now,
1: getting to our main special edition guest, a former first-round pick to the Dallas Stars, 26 overall in 2001. Born in Dearborn Heights, Michigan. A lot of Michigan listeners here on the Game Sports Show, so I'm sure they'll love hearing that. The first player to receive first star of the week honors with the Lake Erie uh, Monsters history. Over 600 professional hockey games played with 38 played with the NHL. For the St. Louis Blues, a former recipient of the USA World Juniors in 2002, and one of the coolest names you'll ever also hear, to be honest professional hockey player and goaltender Jason the Jason, how's it going? And thanks for stopping by.
0: Hey guys, how's it going? Things are going well. What's up,
2: Brooksy? What's up, brother? <laughs>
1: See, and I didn't butcher the name off the start. You know, that's one thing we practiced before we started recording. I got to make sure I let everyone know that because I am certainly known for butchering names. So going forward, though, I'm going to start calling him Cash the entire episode, just so everybody knows what I mean by talking to Cash. So we're going to go right into The post-opener, we like to call it. And I want to bring up something that I saw today while, you know, obviously looking up stats, making sure I can look at some of your teams so we can bring up certain topics on the show. But not only, of course, can you purchase hockey cards, sign pucks online like you can for many athletes that play hockey or even any kind of sport, if it's baseball, football, anything of such, but I came by a custom. Jason Makashawa, Peora Riverman jersey online. And I know I'm going to butcher this team name, but the Strawberry Tigers, I think I said that wrong. And I must say both jerseys are very different. One is simple, nice with a logo, and where one has many sponsors on it with the logo. So truthfully, I want to ask you right off the hop, do you have a jersey preference? Also, do you have your own jerseys hung up in your basement or office at home?
0: Yeah, they are. You know, over over in Europe, it's a little bit different. You know, you got a lot of sponsorships for those teams. So, they like to uh, to slap on the sponsor there on the jersey. So, um, if you've ever seen, you know, obviously teams playing in Europe, depending on, even if it's in Germany, Switzerland, uh, you know, I played this past season in Italy, a lot of sponsorships like to put them on the jerseys. So, that's why you see a lot of that. Um, and, yeah, usually at the end of the season, teams let you keep uh, people in the jerseys. So I do have all of those with me, um, you know, looking around, uh, the office and whatnot and seeing them all hanging up. It is, uh, it is pretty cool to see the difference between, you know, the jerseys from Europe to, uh, to what you wear over
1: here in the, uh, in the U S for sure. Oh, they're certainly different. I must say, I do kind of like the sponsorships on the jerseys. But the other thing I want to jump into is obviously Brooksy and you know each other quite well. I believe you guys were roommates together. Obviously, having you on the show was due to the connection of Brooksy. So I want to get into how you two came to know each other outside of roommates. Were you guys assigned being roommates? with a planned? I want to get to the whole backstory of both yourself and Brooksy before we jump into the details
2: of your hockey career. Brooksy, how <laughs> yeah. you.
1: <laughs> oh yeah,
2: well no, I uh, you know we were fortunate enough to to play together in the uh, AHL. Um, pretty sure we started in Worcester together, which was St. Louis's Blues farm team at the time, and uh, and then nobody wanted to uh, room with Jason, and uh, I was the yeah. one that said uh, I will do it. And uh, the next season in Peoria, we were uh, we were roommates, and that's how it all happened
1: is that true no one wanted to be your roommate or what cash
2: it
0: was my first year in Worcester and I was in the locker room I felt bad because Brooksy was walking around the locker room asking guys hey you got a roommate you got a roommate (laughs) you (laughs) got a
3: roommate
0: and uh (laughs) I just kind of threw my hand up I was like hey Brooksy like I don't have a roommate buddy he was like you're my roommate (laughs)
1: so. <laughs> he was walking around the room he was walking around, Oh uh, yeah, buck, buck naked too He yeah. was naked. buck naked <laughs> Walking buck around naked no with, t- with, a,
2: sh- with a smoothie
0: around, <laughs> Like a protein shake That's what it was, it was protein
1: shake uh, <laughs> You know, honestly, Brooksy, You probably still have that same jock That you were around the John Rhodes Community Center In Sault Ste. Marie <laughs> 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 You know <laughs> Honestly yeah. I don't even know if you've ever watched that shock, but we will not have to jump into that conversation. That's for another time. Uh, But I want to start right off the hop and like how it all started and where you got all started. So Brooksy, I'm going to go back to you to start off with our first topic with basically why catch wanted to be a goalie. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Well, he already asked the question, so you might as well ask it.
1: Yeah. There it is. is. Why did you want to be a goalie? What in the mind made you say, you know what? I'm going to stop rubber. For my life
0: <laughs> you know what i i honestly i don't know i mean i was uh playing as a kid uh you know you're only six seven years old and you're playing you know out on the ice with all these other little kids and and at the time um we didn't have a goalie everybody was just kind of a forward skating around and you'd have a, a guy going the net and it's forward stuff you know <laughs> and uh you know, I hopped in the net and did it, and I came off the ice, and I, you know, I told my dad, hey, I want to be a goalie. And the, the look that he gave me was like, no, you don't. <laughs> and,
2: uh, he knew. He knew it was coming where you did not. <laughs>
0: yeah. I couldn't see his face when I was on the ice in the net, but when I got off the ice and told him I wanted to be a goalie, he just kind of gave me that look like, oh, no, what What did I do? But, uh <laughs> Well, yeah, it's funny, man, because that's really how it happened. I got off the ice and told him I wanted to do it. And, you know, uh, my parents have been so supportive through this whole career and they didn't even hesitate. They were like, you know what? My uh, his best buddy at the time had some old hockey stuff. Oh, and uh, I, I think they were like DNR goalie pads. <laughs> DNR back in the day. And uh He was like all right you know we'll suit you up and see what you think and ever since that day I was I was just you know let me be a goalie let me be a goalie I want to be a goalie but uh but what's funny is when we play uh like when I played rollerblade hockey or something like that never wanted to be the goalie you know I always wanted to score the goals then but on the ice yeah I was always the goalie
1: See, did you have to play, like, in and out a lot? Like, here in Canada, like, even when I played minor hockey, you had to play in and out, in and out, and I was actually someone who played goalie until novice, and I can't remember the top of my head, what Lee he comes after novice, so forgive me the top of my head, but honestly, I, I had to choose, and I chose playing out because, you know, my parents are the type of parents say, nah, you don't want to do that, <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> play goaltender." You, yeah. you know? Like, did you have to do that? Like, in and like, was that the same way when you're coming out? You had to play in and out, or were you just like the goalie of the team, and that's what you chose at the beginning of the year?
0: Yeah, you know, I was just, I was always the goalie of the team. Um, at the time, the once I, you know, decided that was the route I was gonna take. Um, and we got the right equipment for me. Uh, the teams that I were on, we only had one goalie, and that was due to, you know, my my dad obviously trying to find teams that are like hey, do you guys have a goalie? It's like, yeah, we have one. And he didn't want to put me on a team where you had two, so you're only playing half of the game, or I'd play a game, then the other guy would play the game, and then I'd play a game. So we always tried to find that team that was like, you know what, we just want one goalie, and and that's it. And uh, there's a city over here uh, by my house, probably, you know, 10 minutes away, called Garden City. And uh, I played there for years, and I was always – just the, the one goalie, and that's all they wanted, So, uh, which was great, because I was always playing. I never really had to sit out. Um, but I did have that itch, you know. It's like, you know what, I do want to kind of, like, skate out and play as a forward. But uh, I got the chance to do it one time, I think when I was probably 12, 12 years old, 11, 12. And uh, I got hammered pretty good into the boards after I took a shot So I was watching the puck. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I came off the ice, it was third period, I came off the ice and sat down in the, uh, and the coach actually pulled me aside and said, hey, you're, you're done for the day. We need you to we need to be the goalie, man. We don't need you out there getting hammered into the board. So I was like,
2: all right.
1: Oh, no, I'm going to go back and strap on the pads. Yeah. <laughs> see, yeah. And look, see, I stole your thunder off the hop, obviously. Oh, today. yeah. Well, I'm used to it now. Like, well, how many
2: episodes are we in? And I think it happens at least two, three times a show. Yeah, so, you know what, I'm just going with it. <laughs> and I've accepted that this is going to happen, so I just go with it. Like, no, the People are waiting for more chirps towards
1: gay. We haven't got a Lenny chirps towards me, so I'm actually <laughs> proud of you with that. But I'm going to we'll go to you to actually bring up a question that you want to bring up with this.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, no, I just, you know, I mean, was there, you know, once you got started, and I know your parents, because I, I actually know your parents, and I know how supportive they were, but I'm just wondering you know was there like a goalie coach or somebody who got and guided you like right off the bat that uh, was able to help you you know develop your game was there just one guy that kind of that you guys went to uh, during the summer or whatever got you going
0: yeah well um you know to be honest man during during the time I was younger it uh you know you ask any young kid hey man like what do you want to do when you grow up oh I want to be a professional hockey player right you know you're 10 years old so um so at the time it was still just fun for me you know i wasn't really taking hockey serious at 10 years old it was still fun to uh to get on the bus and travel to these hotels and run around and play mini sticks with your teammates while your parents you know sat in the room and got drunk you know, that, <laughs> that was the thing to do right it was so, uh, i think when um when i was about 15 years old i finally got into AAA hockey here in Michigan which is a big big thing and um, I was playing for Honey Baked at the time and they uh, they actually went out and got me a goalie coach um, by the name of Stan McTwiff and he actually uh, he's got his own goalie school here in uh, here in Michigan area it's called Bandits Goaltending and uh, he's had that for years now which has taken off for him so it's been great um, But I would say he was my first actual goalie coach that when we were having practice, you know, he would take you down to the end and and show you things that really, you know, the right way to do things. Obviously, you had goalie coaches when I was younger, but it was like, you know, an assistant coach or, you know what I mean? It wasn't really a goalie, goalie, goalie coach um so he would be my first I would, I would say when i started with honeymake there and it, he just kind of got the ball rolling and was showing me the right way to do things and things like that and uh, that's you know he was probably my first
1: actual goalie coach see and that's where like it all starts right like when you have that person show you like how, like give you that dedication that time it actually makes you uh, like appreciate the game more or want it more right it re- really gets you show and have somebody influential like that it just gets the ball rolling for you right and that's where as a goalie you develop confidence you develop the skill and then overall you just feel better and more confident in the crease Which, you know what i can't relate too much on a goaltending aspect but it must have been just a big turnaround in your career to have someone as influential as that because of look at where you end up playing you're still playing and you were a first round pick in the national hockey league
0: right yeah no he uh he definitely had a big uh, impact on that and uh you know, it's uh and like I said, even even before Honey Baked, I was just playing double A hockey here in uh like I said, there's another local city, Lincoln Park. But we uh we had a really good team there. We actually won states and won nationals, and then it was that season after that that um uh, Honey Baked, the coach was uh, Dan Lurk. He actually gave me a shot over there. We were independent club our first year, but uh he uh, he gave me a shot over there, AAA hockey, and then like I said, he went and got a goalie coach for me, and it just kind of ran off from there. At first, it was like, oh man, a goalie coach I've never had one. He's out here. I got to go up, down, over, stack pads. Like I mean, this sucks. <laughs>
2: but uh, well, yeah, you know, the uh, so now you say you know I love that you brought up the Honey Bake because that's a big name in Michigan, as you yeah. know, and I got a few friends over there that you know. Uh, one of them's coaching, um, you know, Jason Deskins uh, is coaching uh, honeybaked over there. And I just know it's a great program. Yeah. So from there, you know, you go into the NHL to go right. play for, to Chicago. So yeah. this is like your first move away from Michigan, away from your home. You know, just tell us a little bit about this transition.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, so I was going into my junior year of high school and, uh, and after the, uh, after honey, well, when I played with honey big, after honey big was over with, I had, uh, two teams approach me. It was the Chicago freeze and the, uh, Danville wings. And, uh, they both wanted me to come over to their club and, and be a part of it. And I actually went and saw both cities. Both were really nice. Um, and obviously just, you know, a better choice for me, I thought was going and, and playing for the Chicago freeze. And, uh, was very fortunate. I got a, had a great housing family uh, by the names of Jim and Judy Kane. They were, he actually was the manager of the arena at the time. And uh, it, was, it was great. I mean, those years of playing in Chicago were, were definitely ones to remember. And I had a great housing family. The organization was great. The coaching staff was, uh, was great as well um and it was just a lot of fun it made things easy for you as a player when you when you go into a, a situation like that where you're leaving home for the first time at you know 16 17 years old and uh my high school here at the time only had about 800 students so it was very small and uh when i went there i went to a school that had 3200 so i was uh, I was late for a few classes that first week, but the teachers are actually pretty good with it. I just walk in the room five minutes late, and they just look at me, and be like, "Yeah, I just like go sit down." <laughs> it's like, Thanks.
1: <laughs> Call that the hockey player pass. Yeah, I got the hockey
0: <laughs> player pass for a week. After that, they're like, "Come on, Jay, like you, you know your way around now." But the school is so big, you could honestly take five, six different ways to the classroom, and
3: um,
0: but it was great. I mean, I loved it there. It was a great setup. And I had a great two years there. And, uh, you know, I, I have nothing nothing bad to say about that club organization, the people I live with, my teammates. It was a lot of fun.
1: It, see, a lot of compliments when it comes to Chicago, especially on the show we've had Scott Darling as a guest. And, uh, like, he obviously – he always compliments the Chicago area. Chicago just seems like a great developmental area there. We have a junior team uh, – Essentially, locally because we have we're a show in Canada and the United States. So, Sioux in Ontario and Sioux Michigan. Then, uh, the Sioux Michigan team called the Spiegels. Uh, Bruno Bragnolo is involved with doing stuff in Chicago and everything. It just seems like Chicago is a great place for development with hockey uh, overall. There's a lot of compliments to the, the the city of Chicago and just that name too. I got to comment the Chicago Freeze. That's a that's a perfect name too. I love seeing these unique names like that you got the freeze, you got the Kraken now in the NHL, all these, yeah. you got to love it, right? You know, yeah. not shooting any names down, but like, you know, being a, a Toronto Maple Leaf fan or Detroit Red Wings fan, like Brooksy, Brooksy's a Red Wings fan, I'm a Leaf fan. So like, you got those old nostalgic names, uh, but you get, like these names that are coming out now, like Seattle and all that, it's just very, very unique. But transitioning back to when you were playing, I think I, I, I might have this correct. Hopefully I do. When you got drafted, I believe that you did get drafted out of the NA, right, before you went to the OHL?
0: Yeah, I was drafted right, uh, right out of that North American Hockey League. Yep.
1: Yeah, so you went to Plymouth in the OHL, and I'm guessing that you going to Plymouth, that was Dallas, getting that arrangement or do you have a choice because it's kind of different now where it was then where you kind of have a choice where if you want to go the college route it's a it's an option right but usually as a first round pick you know a team wants you to get right into that spotlight right right into that development that can create the nhl at a younger age whereas college you don't go there until you're a bit later so was that dallas's influence saying that you're going to plymouth for sure or was that purely you that came out of that choice or what
0: yeah it was more it was more me actually. Um, After my second season with the Freeze, I got a lot of offers from college teams and whatnot. And and being a Michigan boy and being a big U of M fan, um, I had a verbal commitment with the University of Michigan. And after my senior year of school, um, my agent, he came to me and and he was mentioning the players that were going to be drafted in the draft that year. And he said it was actually a good year for a goalie because there weren't many goalies going in that draft. It was Pascal Leclaire and uh, I believe believe it was Danny Blackburn were were the two goalies before me taken. But um, there wasn't many goalies being drafted that year um, early. So he was telling me it might be a good idea to opt in because you could be a late first rounder or early second rounder, or he was saying, Cash, you know, you could go the college way, And if you do that, the only problem with that is if you have maybe a shaky year or two, your draft status is going to drop. You might go from, you know, a late first round, second round to a third or fourth round, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, if you look at a lot of players that are getting drafted, it really, you know, you see a lot of guys drafted in the third or fourth round that are number one goalies now. But uh, but at the time for me, you know, we sat around, we talked about it. Um And for myself, we just thought it was a better decision to go ahead and do it. And before I even made that announcement that I was going to do it, I think uh, somehow some way the Plymouth Whalers got a sniff of it. And we're like, you know what? Cash isn't sure what he's going to do yet. This is our last pick in the last round. Let's just take them just in case. So they did a gamble. They, They picked me in the last round of the OHL. And, uh, and sure enough, once I decided to opt into the draft, Plymouth uh, had my rights, so which was perfect for me. It's about a 25-minute ride for me to Plymouth. And uh, it was funny because when you look at one of my rookie cards, it says first-round draft pick to the NHL and then last round pick in the
1: OHL. Oh,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got both ways. You got the first round and
2: the last round in the OHL. That's hilarious. That's good. Yeah, great.
0: so it's like, oh, man, he's had to put that on that card, didn't they?
2: Well, they always say goalies are late bloomers, so that just proves it.
3: <laughs> That's true. There you go. You know.
2: In that 2001 draft,
1: like just remind listeners of that draft. You know, you have Kovalchuk, Spence, two players that are still playing. Us, uh, uh, Stephen Weiss. You played with Weiss actually in yes. when you were there. And there's a lot. Even you brought up the late rounds in that draft. Uh, you have Chris Thorberg. Everyone, Susie Marie, will know that name. Mike Camilleri, Jason Pommenville. Thomas McCann, and I IES, I am looking online. I don't know this off the top of my head, just so everybody knows, and I don't get too impressed. Uh, Kevin <laughs> X, uh, Mike Smith, who is still playing. Uh, and you, more names don't even go down. Like U C Okunin, we all know U C Okunin from what he's do, what he does in shootouts, anyways, for the yeah. most part. Uh, but there they're, they're, you were right about Pascal Leclerc and Danny uh, Black. And Pascal Leclerc was a highly talented goalie. He went top 10 that year to, to Columbus. But... You're overall that that was a pretty good draft. Everyone wants to you know look look back at it. Kovalchuk playing still, Fantasy still play. A lot of those players had great careers, and obviously you're still playing overseas. You had a brief time in the North, North America side, you're having a great career over in Europe too. So when you did play in Plymouth, though, I did bring up that you played with Weiss, that you played with some good talent there. Uh, oh, yeah. You also had some connection to the Sioux there as well with Cole Jarrett uh, and Chad Larose and Craig Campbell, John Mitchell, I believe. Yeah. Uh, you must have some. You must have some tales with with some of those guys when you went in our locker room in Plymouth.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, there was there was a bunch. I mean, uh, like you said, you Weiser was he was he was a cool cat. Like he was he was always calm, never too excited, never too down. He was always just kind of on the same level, um, which was hilarious because he would you know you he could tell a joke and you'd be laughing hysterical. And he would just kinda of give the old <laughs> like <it> was funny. <laughs> 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 All right. LaRose, <laughs> uh, La oh man, he was a character. Chad LaRose, he was always chatting away, telling jokes, doing pranks, doing something, man. He was he was a funny character. And um, I gotta play with him too in the in the world championship team in the one year we went to Moscow. And I hadn't seen him in a while since those Plymouth days just playing against him. And he was still the same guy, man. just on the back of the bus, chatting away. Uh, it's funny, because he's got one of those voices where you could just be sitting and around 10, 20 people, and once he would talk, you could you could pick him out. You could be like, oh, fucking Chad's talking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just that unique voice when you hear it. It kind of echoes, and it gets your attention, basically.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> this guy, I think these guys already had a few years in the, in the old – Uh, when I went over there. So, um, like I said, it was funny because I was a first round pick and then I'm a rookie in the, the OHL at uh, 18, 19 years old when, uh, like the guy said, John Mitchell, I think he was 16 at the time and it was his first year on the team. So, you had like an 18, 19-year-old rookie playing in the OHL.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Literally, and, that, and that's hard. Like even now when rookies going to, there's not guys like, you see guys like Shane Wright that are playing exceptional status levels. But like even now, it's, it, was, it seems like it was harder to be 16, 17 at that time because the game was so much more physical it was a lot more physical when you were 16 17, playing the o against i say men 19 20 year old guys that are 62 63 200 plus pounds
3: yeah. you hear the
1: steps as a rookie even you know you, you i'm going to say it flat out people say now nah, you're not scared you're shitting in your pants okay yeah. Let, if yeah. you're playing you're young in a men's game you, you know you're going to get hit every night And you know guys are gonna rock you, and just you got to overcome that as a rookie, right? And it's so much different now with the OHL. It's not as physical as it used to be, and even with the WHL, the QMJHL. uh, And I always say goalies had it easy (laughs) because they don't get hit, but uh, it's incorrect. They get they get bumped a lot. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I think it's it's you know you look at the game now. I think it's just it's a lot more skill. You know those though you don't see those big fighters anymore. I mean you might have one on your team. But you really don't see it that much. You know, if a, if a guy gets, you know, a pretty good check, you got one or two guys going after the one guy. You know, you don't see the the big guys anymore. Like we had, I think our fighter was Nate Kaiser. And, uh, you know, I would walk into the, to the training room or the weight room there, and he's off in the corner. He had his own boxing instructor, and he's just pounding away <laughs> on his punching bag. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy's got like chains around his neck punch. I'm surprised he didn't knock the thing off the wall. And <laughs> he's doing this before practice, and you get on the ice and I see him coming down the wing. He's a defenseman and he's coming down the wing in warm-ups, and I just see him team up for a slap shot. And the only thing running through my mind is seeing him in the gym punching this bag, like here comes a rocket, probably head high. Not, you know, he doesn't know where it's going. <laughs> and sure enough, man. He would just whistle it by the head. And you just kind of look at him like and I'm your goalie, and that's about it. That's all you could do. You're not going to go out and Ron Hackstall him because he would have murdered me. He just threw me out of the arena. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if you look him up on HockeyDB, I just did. I'm uh, going to give a quick shout out there to HockeyDB. He up looks there. like you don't want to fuck with this guy. Okay? Yes. The, the, <laughs> You don't want to mess with this guy on the ice. No. And if he's doing that, I might be even more kind of different than the Trevor Gillies stories that we've talked about here on the show multiple times. Yeah,
0: he was, you know what, nicest guy too. Like Nate Car is the nicest guy in the world, man. And then you just, he would get in that mode where he was just like kill. And you didn't want to go near him. You're like, you know what, I'm just going to let him do his thing over there on that punching bag and get out all that frustration before I even give him the old, hey, what's up,
1: Nate? <laughs> <laughs> hey, how's it going? Head down, keep walking. getting good.
2: <laughs> so, uh, hey, Cash, so I want to talk about, uh, you know, this, your first year, you know, like how we, we've been stuck in here talking about, uh, you know, the uh, Plymouth Whalers and, uh, and the season you had this year, your first year, you know, you had 46 games, You had 2.34 goals against, 9.26 save percentage. No matter what, that's a great year for your first year at 18, 17, 19. You know, uh, and because that's a big jump. No matter what, it's a big jump from the NA. No matter what you say. Yeah. And uh, I'm just, you know, curious. You know, what was the motivation that year? You know, you know, for yourself. Like, you know, once you, you know, got a few wins in your belt, and it just continued to go. I know you had a good team, but you know, those numbers, you can't, you can't change them.
1: Not a big deal.
0: (laughs) No, we did, man. We had a, we had a really good team. Uh, But I think it was, it was more the drive to where, you know, you kind of, you go into that season knowing that, you know, you're a first round pick. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on you. Um, You try not to put too much pressure on yourself, but I mean, it's there. You know what I mean? It's there as a player, you feel it. And uh you just, you go out there every game and act like it's the most important game of the season and and do your best to perform the best you can. And um, like I said, knowing that I had, you know, the first round um, being a first round pick uh, on the shoulders and uh, the success that the Plymouth Whalers always seem to have as a organization to come in there. And, uh, and I knew I had to perform, you know, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be, an easy season. I knew it wasn't going to be like one of those things where you're like, oh, the, the Whalers, they've always been successful. Um, I can just kind of, you know, half-ass it through the year and just, you know, play okay. But you know, we got such a powerful offense. I don't mind winning a game five to four, or, you know, five to three. It was still a big year for me to, uh, you know, you, you want to prove a point. And you want to show teams. Uh, you want to show Dallas that you know they didn't make a mistake drafting you that high and. Um, you wanted to show them that, you know, you're capable of being a, a number one goalie sometime in the future. And, you know, that's what it's all about, you know, is just going out there playing hard and, and you know, trying to get uh, these guys' eyes to open up and see that, hey, you know, we made a good pick. You know, Cash went out his first year. Like you said, it is a big jump. You know, you're going against junior players when I played in Chicago to – going head-to-head against uh, uh, Rick Nash or uh, Stephen Weiss. You know, these guys are great hockey players. So it was a big step for me. And, you know, um, like I said, I had uh, the goalie coach there with Stan. He was helping me out throughout the year, too. And, um, you know, we had a great club. Uh, We had great coaches. Mike Pellucci was our coach at the time. He did a great job. And it was just it was a good year in general. I mean, we got knocked out in the first round uh, to London. But I blame, you know, Rip Nash for that. I think he scored every fricking game on me. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, it was a fun year overall. And, uh, you know, once that season was over, I was able to make the jump to, uh, to the American, American hockey. Like I said, I think they, they were like, you know what? Cash had a great year in Plymouth, you know, let's, uh, let's see what he can do. I actually got in a game, uh, when we got knocked out of the first round, I actually got uh, a game in with the uh, Utah Grizzlies at the time because they were still in Utah, the American Hockey League. Yeah. So. Uh, they were. And coming that's, a, end big end. that's yeah, a big too. That's a big
1: too, but you had confidence yeah, confidence there.
0: Yeah, they were coming down to the end of the season. It was one of their last two games of the year, and um, I got the phone call, and I went up to Utah, and then they made a decision the night before. It's like cash. were playing Milwaukee uh you're gonna get the start. It's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking okay. And so you're like, okay then. <laughs> yeah. So I get on the horn right away with uh with my dad here and I'm like, hey, like I'm starting against Milwaukee Admirals tomorrow, and that's about a six and a half hour, seven hour ride maybe from where we're at. So he called his best buddy at the time, he was like, hey Jay's playing, we're going. So uh, <laughs> They drove up. We lost 3-2. to I think we lost 3-2 to in overtime, but it was actually one of those games where I stopped 40 and uh, and played really well. And like I said, I just kind of, like you said, opened up eyes and said, hey, and Cash just went in his first game in the American Hockey League, stopped 40, lost in overtime to a Milwaukee Emerald team that was really good at the time. I think flashic was their goalie at the time, I think it was, but, uh, but yeah, know?
1: crazy. And when you were that team that year, I was looking at the roster, they had Ray, Wade Flaherty. There's a name that I haven't seen. Yeah. Since I remember playing NHL 0-1-2
2: on the yeah. 8 sports. I, I played with Wade. He was my goalie in Manitoba. <laughs> yeah,
0: he was too. Yeah, yeah.
2: Wade was Flaherty,
0: 30, yeah. I think he he had to have been 40, 40 at the time, I think, and still kicking pucks away, which is, when I'm, you know, 19, holy cow, you're four years old and you're still playing. Well, here I am, 38, so, uh, still doing the same thing. But yeah, oh, we yeah, he years had years. the
2: old school stand-up, too. <laughs> he tried to stop everything with his goalie stick.
0: You know what? Yeah, he did. And then I remember, we, oh, man, who they play with in the first round? They were playing uh, Houston Arrows. And I think it was Jamie McLennan. Hopefully was the goalie for Houston. He had that stand-up style, and I was just like, how is this guy making 35 saves a night? Like, look at this style. <laughs> like it was, it was stand-up. It was all stand-up style goaltending, and I was like, holy cow. How? But he would make the saves, man. I was like, how does he do that? Like, I would be
1: getting lit up. The, nowadays, that doesn't fly. You know, like, you do a stand-up, I don't think there's too many – just pure school stand ever. I don't think I the last one you that you would see my the one that really stands out to me that did that a lot was Tom Barasso. I felt did it better than anybody in my opinion, but maybe I could be incorrect with that. But honestly, that stand up style is something that you don't see. And you know, no. you you bringing up the AHL, that's a perfect segue to what we're into, right? I think uh, if I'm correct, I know you had a, a specific training camp story that both Brooks and obviously I haven't heard. Okay, so I, don't that, I don't know if that's – because I know you, you started with the AHL after uh, your first season in Plymouth. You went right to the American Hockey League, right? So uh, I don't know if we're jumping the gun a little bit too far ahead there. So I don't know if you want to jump into anything, anything extra with your first AHL camp. But if you kind of want to segue that into that story that apparently is uh, hasn't been told to Brooksy and obviously something I haven't heard yet.
3: Yeah, this one uh... –
0: we were uh, we we're in Breckenridge, Colorado. So the stars had us all go out to Colorado for this training camp, which was pretty cool. They had us in a beautiful hotel area, huge ranch area. The one day we were riding horses, and it, you name it, man, it was it was great. It was a great time. It was good team bonding. You know, you get that group together for for the two weeks of training camp in that area. A lot of team bonding stuff. But yeah, it was uh, one of the days we had. Uh, I don't know if it was a Friday or Saturday, but the way they did these roomings was you had all these condos and they stick, you know, four players to a condo, three players, the coaches were all in one, whatever, whatever, whatever. So they stick the five goalies in one condo. So it was at the time it was Marty Turco, Ron Tugnet, Corey Hirsch, myself and Mike Smith. Oh. So you yeah, us five characters in one uh, condo, and you stick five boys together in one room,
3: something's gonna happen, right? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: especially with Turco, especially with Turco, and people know from the Suno, you know, he's a Sioux native, obviously. He's a friend of mine and Brooksy. there—that's a character right there. But should you should bring up even Tugnat and even Mike Smith. You know, there's a character still in the National Hockey League today. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, and it was fun, man. We had a great group of goalie, like, that five, the five that were there, man, it was all, we all got along great, it was a lot of fun, it was, it was a good time. So, you got Corey Hirsch, who's a veteran, Marty Turco, he was in the league for a couple of years, you had Ron Tugnut, who was a veteran, and then you got me and Mike Smith, who were obviously rookies, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's a Friday or Saturday, and, uh, Tugger and Tugger and Turco, they're like, ah, fuck it, we're going out. So they go out with the boys and stuff, and they're like, you guys want to come? And here we are. You know, we're like, well, we want to come, yeah, but we probably shouldn't. You know, we got we got to skate tomorrow. And uh, they look at Hershey, and Hershey just gives the old, oh, I'm not fucking going. Like, I'm not going. <laughs> like, all right. So <laughs> these, these two go out. So we just kind of lay back. Hershey, Smitty, and myself, we just lay back and and. Um, you know, it's it's time to go to bed. So we all go to bed and, well, I don't even know what time it was. But uh, these guys come stumbling in, making a bunch of noise, waking us up. They're like, come on, wake up, wake up. We're having some beer. So I, we wake up. We're like, all oh, right, yeah, we're cool. We're going to wake up and have some beers with Turks and Tugger and everything. <laughs> so uh, so our freaking our uh, condo had a hot tub in the back of it. So we... They crank the hot tub on and remind you it's like 2:30 in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. They turn the hot tub on. They Turco turns the music on. We're sitting in there, fucking chatting about God knows what, and uh, have a good time, just bullshit about hockey. And then the next morning, we get to practice and we look at Tugger and Turco and you know they got fuel the bags under the eyes, but I guess they mic'd up Tugger for that practice. Oh no. (laughs) So we didn't know that. So him and Tugger and Turco go on the ice before us. So we're in the other locker room getting dressed. And uh, after their practice was over, they walk in the locker room. We're getting our pads and stuff on. And Tugger sits down with Turco and he's just, they're laughing and have like something's up. You know what I mean? And we're (laughs) like, oh fuck, like what'd you guys do? (laughs) Tugger tells tells me, he's like, yeah, you guys, I was mic'd up out there today. And uh, I just kept telling Terpo that I can't believe you two young pucks went out last night and kept us up all night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Threw you guys right under the bus. Threw
0: us right under the bus as a bunch of rookies. And we're like, no, you didn't do that. And he's like, oh, yeah, I did that. So here's Smithy and I were like, oh, fuck, we're in trouble. Like if they find out, like they're going to think we really did it. You know what I mean? And you just look at Tugger and Turks and they just got that smile on their face like, ah, you guys are on
1: actually <laughs> <laughs> You know what? And I can see Turks oh. doing
2: that, Brooksy. You know him too. He like Brooksy. Oh yeah, he's a prankster. He's a good dude.
1: He
0: <laughs> was awesome, man. Turks, Those like I said, the the five that we had that year, you had it was awesome, man. We all got along great. We we're funny. Turks and Tugger, they both played pranks. Um and, you know, you learn a lot from them, you know. So, as we got older, I'm sure Smitty has pulled some pranks on his teammates. I've done it to mine.
2: <laughs> but,
0: uh, but, oh, yeah, he comes in that locker room. I'll never forget. He's like, yeah, I was mic'd up, boys. And, you know, I, I was staying on the mic that I can't believe you two punks went out last night, come stumbling in, waking us up, keeping us up
3: all night. <laughs> Meanwhile,
1: yeah, really guys so. in, starting out the hot tub, and just yeah. going there with the shorts on. Well, yeah. I think oh, they went in with shorts? I know Brooksie probably wouldn't have went in with shorts on. Let's get real. <laughs> that
0: guy would have been running around in that job
3: strap you were
1: talking about. <laughs> <laughs> See, and actually, Brooksie told me speaking yeah. of a practice. Brooksie told me that uh, something about your practice abilities. I'm gonna let Brooksie have that first. Give well,
2: us- well, for one, we always had a competition, Cash and I. Uh, for whatever reason, that's why I would take slap shots from anywhere on him. He hadn't <laughs> even probably had a warm up shot the whole practice, and I'm teeing up, bringing one timers at him. Um, but no, with Cashua. Here's the thing with Cash: he, <laughs> when it came to practice, you could score on him quite a bit at times. Like, warm-up and stuff like that. He just wasn't there. But when the competition was on the line, like, <laughs> playing, uh, what was the, the game? Rebound. When we're playing rebound or whatever.
0: We playing for $5 Monday at Moe's. Welcome to Moe's Burrito. That's right.
2: <laughs> I did. I love my burritos. And, uh, you know, that's when he would show up. But the whole entire practice, you know, I'd be scoring on him. And, you know, he kind of, he didn't go down in practice a lot. That yeah. well, was Cash's thing. He would never go down. He would just be a stand-up goalie, but not making the saves like Wade Flaherty. You know, yeah. like, it just wouldn't happen. But when the competition was on the line, that's when he would show up.
0: That and was... there was
2: times I knew it would frustrate the coaches. It would frustrate some of the guys. But then you put him in the net in the game, and he'd make 35 saves, 98% per- save whatever. And uh, there was a lot of times... Uh, he was a goalie that could win you games. And you know what? When you have a goalie like that, it really doesn't matter what he does in practice.
0: (laughs) Well, it came back to bite me in the ass because I did my practice habits where they were like that. I'd go out there and just, I wasn't given a hundred percent at the time. You know, I was, it took me a while. It took me a few years to actually get that planted in my head, like cash, like in practice, you got to play like you do. In practice like you're doing the game because your teammates come down on you and they're 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 looking to score and when you're just kind of standing up and you know if you shoot glove side i wouldn't even go down i just kind of you know catch it standing up as opposed to i'd never do that in a hockey game right
3: <laughs> you know?
0: so it, it took me a few years to uh to get that planning in my head because you know and even even to, to this day, you have a bad practice or you're getting dressed and you're like, man, like, the last thing I want to do right now is get hit by a puck. Not
2: just one. <laughs> Not
0: just one puck. I'm getting, you know, a hundred... You're
2: getting
0: 100 half 100 clappers,
2: too. Rooksy <laughs> half clapper warm-up shots. <laughs> Rooksy <laughs> going you know? for the
1: head, going for the head, most likely. <laughs>
2: yeah. so, it,
1: uh, you so know what?
0: Yeah, it took me two good. years years to, to figure that out and um, they came back to, like I was saying they came back to bite me in the ass because there were some practices where I'd make a save and fucking dive for the rebound make another save and then split save across and flash the glove and the coaches <laughs> are looking at me and I guarantee you they're looking at each other going hey I can cash one out last night it's like well how do you know that Well, look at them diving around split save glove save <laughs>
1: like, <I'm> so hammered <laughs> He's trying way too hard. He's He's trying, trying.
0: yeah. He's (laughs) trying way too hard right now. He was definitely out last night. He's playing guilty hockey right now.
1: Yeah, I thought maybe, you know, you'd let some stuff in, in in practice just to give a little bit of confidence to your teammates out there, you know, because, you know, like oh, what I went down there and I sniped on cash, top jet, you know, especially if you're Brooksy, you're like, oh, I got to go down the down the but, side here, I'm going to do my hind, wind oh, up. Look, not even look, he's looking at the puck the whole time, my guys like Brooksy, look right at the puck and then fire at top jet or hit the glass. It's, Brooksy it's
0: can, he can be flying down the right wing, but then he would beeline across the other so just he can be on his forehand to come in and take that half clapper
2: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> see
1: and now you know what you you as we, oh, we talked about you were in the american hockey league right you uh, you started off with utah you through your trade right i think you you end up with worcester with the ice cats and peoria peoria sorry i always butcher that name as well uh, and then obviously St. Louis. So I think, uh, w- you know, obviously uh, we can talk about the, uh, Peoria quick as well because that's where you and Brooksy got acquainted and where Brooksy walked around the room with his uh, wa- un- like unwashed jockstrap with his butt cheeks hanging on the other side and asking to be a roommate. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, you you got you had that happen. You have guys like Jay McClement on the team. I didn't know you played with him either, Brooksy. I totally forgot about that. Uh, you you had some good players on that. Team. Gavin Morgan, who we've recently had on our show as well, uh, and Mike Mata. There, there's a DJ King. There's some names that. Are obviously known on that team, Patrick Laleem as well. And I remember him from being with the Ottawa Senators and not being too successful against the Toronto Maple Leafs in game sevens and a lot of playoff matchups. No, don't mean to shoot, I'm <laughs> not, not shooting too much fire there, Patrick Laleem. But, you know, uh, honestly, like, you could talk about that time with Brooks you guys had on that team and then get into your NHL debut with St. Louis. I know Brooks, he kind of wants to jump into that because I know your debut was pretty lights out. Uh, but both of all, with, with the St. Louis organization, it, you know, that's where you got your taste of that NHL hockey.
0: Yeah, there was uh, – yeah, when we made that jump over to uh, Peoria, because I, I think when we were in Worcester, that wasn't Peoria in the East Coast, Brooksy? Yeah. yeah. They were the East Coast team, and then that, after that year in Worcester, they became the American Hockey League. So, yeah, we made that jump from Worcester over to Peoria, which uh, which was good. I mean, Peoria was a great city um met a lot of great people i'm still in contact with a couple people from that area but um but yeah we had a fun time we had a fun year um where do we live at brooks do you remember where we lived at
2: oh man yeah it was yeah, a shovel uh, well
0: we ended up getting like an apartment that had a huge patio overlooking a pond and like way out of our budget like everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Overlooking a pond, were you guys feeding birds? You or we what? At the time,
0: we were getting no, you know, little apartment for too hot. Like we were all out. It's like Matt, like okay, like. We, oh
2: yeah. You know, playing like, broke. We were broke. <laughs> <laughs> we are
0: eating macaroni and cheese for pregame. And frozen chicken.
2: Nothing better. But we than- lived like kings. <laughs> <laughs> Walking
1: but, around uh, with your with your jock straps in the in the <laughs> old apartment. <laughs> I'm going, to call this, I'm going to call this interview the jockstrap segment. It's going to get a lot of eyes. And a lot you know of eyes. what?
2: I feel like i got to give you my jockstrap. You've been talking about it so much. I'm going to have to get it framed and give it to you, Dave. I'm going to sign it. We're
1: going to, we're going to have to hang it up in the gym office. My friend. We're going to have to hang it up up there so we have guests and then we have a conversation starter. These are the unwatched jockstraps of Brendan Brooks. <laughs> but, no, you, you honestly, you know, with the NHL being in St. Louis, you play – uh, you get your debut. Brooks, I'll slide to you to, be, to get into this question. And you well, told me- I,
2: I remember it because Jason and I were roommates. And yeah, you know yeah. what? The good thing is, you know, I found, uh, you know, him and I, we had a great friendship, good roommates. It was easy for us both, good teammates. And I couldn't tell you how happy I was when he told me that he got called up. And I just thought it was great. I know you know the memory because, you know, this is what you've been waiting for. And then now you're getting the call up and this is happening. And uh, I'll let you finish it off of, you know, what went on once you got called up.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, like, it was just one of those things, where You're, you're told that you get the call up and not only do you get the call up, you get the call up and then you get a start of your, your first game in the America or uh, in the NHL. And just, uh, just those goosebumps you know it's like man this is what i've been playing for my entire career and finally get a chance to do it so uh once again i was on the horn right away with the family it's like hey like i got called up i'm actually gonna get the start against the philadelphia flyers um peter forsberg was still with the flyers at the time i remember that uh <laughs> so yeah so my dad he uh he actually jumped in with uh my uh that stand guy, the goalie coach here, I was telling you about, they actually flew into, uh, into St. Louis for that game. Uh, nervous as can be. Um, and we ended up losing that game four, I think it was four to two. Um, but uh, man, I'll tell you what, it's, it's something special. I mean, even to be drafted is something special. Um, and then to play in your first NHL game, just to experience it, to be on the ice with those players. Um, the fans, the crowd, just everything, man. It's everything you thought it was, you know. It's like, man, this is this is it. I made it. And uh, to be honest, man, the hardest thing is to stay there because you got all these other players coming up that are trying to take your spot. But, um, you know, I was able to play start 38, um, backed up a handful, and, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. You, you play against a lot of hockey players, Good hockey players, guys that you grow up watching. Um, you know, my first win was against Curtis Joseph when he played in Phoenix. Mm. So to, uh, to look down at the other end and see Cujo, it's like, man, I'm going head to head against one of the best goalies in Manny Gel, Curtis Joseph. Like, what? Like, <laughs> am I supposed to be on the same ice sheet as this guy? Fucking <laughs> guy's plays for Team Canada. He's won a couple of gold medals. Like, holy cow. But,
3: uh,
0: but yeah, I mean, it, was, it, was, it was so much fun, man. I, you know, you reminisce on the days, like with the whole, um, you know, COVID thing happening when I got home this year, I was actually cleaning out some stuff and I found a handful of game tapes and I threw them in and watched them. And I was like, Holy cow. Like just to see some of the players that I played against, it's like, Oh my God, I remember that guy. Like, I remember this guy. And it's funny because all these guys I played against now, they're, uh, their managers of the team or their owners or their <laughs> like oh, totally gosh, different
1: God. direction now of it. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. and like on that team with St. Louis, they had some pretty legendary names too, like Doug Wade, another individual that's well yeah. known yeah. to St. because of LSSU and Sioux, Michigan. Right. And then Keith Kachuk is not a pretty bad name, honestly, there, I think everyone knows who that is. Uh, and you know, like Jamal Mayers was another one, and you yeah. go down the list more and more. And I really think that St. Louis, when they won the Cup just last year, and obviously this year they're not repeating it, uh, but like that's a that's a that was a franchise that was starving for that success, and it was it was cool to see that. And now looking just looking back at some of the players, I missed those type of players like Doug Wade and the Keith Kachucks and the Bill Garrens and. Yeah. Those those type of guys, right? Now, like you said, you said Bill Guerin. There's a guy who's a GM now, right? And then uh, Doug Wade, who got into coaching uh, with the Islanders, and obviously not doing that anymore. But you know, there's there was a there was some good talent on that St. Louis team, and it took some time for that organization to get real consistent.
0: Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they uh, when I was there, it was a it was a great organization. I mean, like you said, they were just they were they were hungry for that cup and. Uh, was it uh, was it uh jordan bingington you know he stepped in and did a great job for those guys the last half of the season and throughout the playoffs for them and um you know in watching that, that organization win the cup and knowing that you know i was a part of that organization years ago you just uh you know you're happy for them it's like man they've been starving for a cup that city the fans there it was a great city great hockey fans um You know, they had a long wait, so so they deserved it and uh you know it was uh it was it was cool to watch that organization finally finally get that
2: cup. Okay, well speaking of sorry sorry Dave, but I just want to bring up because you brought up Keith Kachuk and Cash and I were there during the year during camp when they sent him away because he came in like two hundred and seventy five pounds from summer. Uh, he probably had the best summer ever. I can only imagine. But, uh, I remember because, you know, he came to the rink. He got, I, I guess this is what he always does. I remember he got in his red, red house coat. You remember this Cash? Oh yeah, I remember. He could it. walk around in this red house coat and awesome. I just remember him going around just pretty much telling everybody how much more money he has than all of us. And <laughs> and uh and they but they they didn't let him practice and they told him he had to leave until i think he would have, he had to lose what 30 pounds or 20 pounds or something yeah, he, before yeah. they'd even let him come on the ice
0: yeah they wouldn't even let him touch the ice he came in overweight and they were like look man like Brooksy said he probably had a great summer but uh they weren't too happy with him when he showed up to camp 20 30 pounds overweight so he had, he didn't even touch the ice they sent him home
1: that's almost like a Dustin Bufflin story, but Dustin Bufflin comes in at 325 pounds at camp. Yeah, he comes in solid. <laughs> Just an absolute. There's speaking of guys you should be afraid of the player. That's that's one of them. Okay, I I, I think that guy can beat up Ryan Reeves pretty well. I'm sorry if I had to take Bufflin in a fight, I'm picking Big Buff.
0: That guy's a monster.
1: Oh, he's a freak, a freak of nature. But Keith Kachuk wearing the robe, you know, Brooksie, uh <laughs> and you know, I know I know you're pretty good with chirps when you're playing too, Brooksie. I think I remember one uh, where you can't even hold my paycheck. Does that ring a bell on anything? <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I, I said a few things I uh, I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> but you get you know you get put in the heat of the moment and guys are chirping and you're like you're trying to think of a way that you can kind of get under their skin. You know, guys. Some guys wanted to take penalties against me, and if that chirp was going to allow that to happen for us to be on a power play and get a chance to win. That's, I was all for that kind of thing. I also was for running a goalie once in a while.
3: Yeah. I didn't
2: mind running the goalie, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, cause uh, you know, I remember when I played against Casuo and I'm sure we'll talk about it when we were heading over to Europe, you know, I, I think I ran into him a few times
1: yeah <laughs> on purpose too it's like oh shit man sorry i didn't mean to
2: meanwhile you know you were cutting yeah, he probably he probably robbed me a couple times on a breakaway so it pissed me off
0: <laughs> I, I would just throw the old stack pad poke check on Bruce, eh? <laughs> yeah, that or i knew it was coming it was a half clap Brooksy didn't He did you know, he was he's more of a shooter on a breakaway he's gonna come down and either try to rip it high glove on you and make it look pretty or shoot at low blocker he's not a big uh
2: not no, I'm not I'm not I'm not for the dangles that's for sure
1: no he likes to come in and rip her but uh...
2: keep it simple keep it simple stupid they call it the kiss philosophy yeah kiss exactly philosophy. it was <laughs> the old school philosophy And the police check... remember I can't tell you how many coaches I tell you if, if I tried to dangle somebody they would probably try to rip my head off and t- sit <laughs> me on the bench you know my my dangle was bank it off the boards go around the defenseman Use the, speed, use the speed wisely. You know what? Well, you brought up
1: Jack uh, Cash. I think the poke check is a lost art in today's game. you so don't see it that much, but it's, it, when it is used, it can be effective still.
0: Yeah, and you know who does it great is oh He still loves Splash throwing out that stack pad poke check, man. He's, he's so good at it. The flower. Uh, the flower, yeah. But, yeah, you don't see... You don't see a lot of goalies doing it. You know the way that goaltending is being taught nowadays, and and the the style has changed so much that uh, yeah, like you said, you don't you don't see it that much. But I think it's like like Flurry, you know, uh, him, and another one was uh, Martin Brodeur. You know, these guys were so good because they weren't so predictable. Some of these goaltenders now, and I'm sure you've seen it, where these guys are on the goal line and they're picking it short side on these goalies because they're already down in that um, I don't even know the name of HV or something like that you know what I'm saying where these guys are down the puck's on the goal line they're just shooting it right by their ear and it's going in
2: well yeah because they're so big that they're down on their knees right so yeah
0: so that's seems to be the style now. So all these players know when they're coming down, these goalies are going to be already down on their knees. So that opens up a little bit of that corner, just shoot it there. And it might go in. A lot of these guys have, but like with Flurry and like I was saying with Martin Brodor and you know what, even myself have, I've changed the way I've played, but I still keep those, those old saves in the, in your back pocket because We're so unpredictable, you don't, you know, you could come down the wing and shoot the same shot on us goalies, like Martin Brodeur and Fleury and even myself, and we're going to give you three different saves. You know, some of these goalies, now you just come down the wing and take a slap shot that they're so big and so tall that they're just going to butterfly and hope it hits them, you know. Yeah, I think much, it's
1: like uh, it's like a hybrid style, or is is that is that more of the term, or is that yeah, not? There
0: you go. Yeah, it's like that hybrid style. You know, some some guys are are just they're they're so big that they're able to get away with it. But you know, don't get me wrong, there are some guys that are big and very athletic, and that, those are the guys that that shine a lot. Like look at the, the uh, Vasilevsky there in, in yeah. Tampa A. I I believe he's like six three or six four. And it's flexible, it can move left and right. Like he's a great goaltender. Um, and that's I think that's what you know, the way the NHL is now and how the games changed, like we talked about, it's all about speed and skill. So these goaltenders, they need to be that way to be able to keep up with these players because it is, man. It's it's a it's a different time from when, you know, when I played with Doug Waite and Keith Kachuk to where, you know, these guys now are playing, it's all about speed and and skill. You know, when I was – I know I'm going back to Dallas here, but I remember after one of the Dallas games, I walked into the shower and friggin' Zuboff's in there smoking a dart. And it's like, (laughs) what (laughs) the Peter Zuboff, one of the great defensemen at the time, the guy would go on penalty shots because his hands were so good. He was a great defense. He turned the corner. He's in there smoking a cigarette. He's like, what's up, Cash? It's like,
1: It's almost like – it's almost like Phil Esposito, and that's other times we had a coffee and a cigarette in intermissions, I think, Brooksie, was a story. Yeah. You
0: know, you're, you're not going to see that in today's
1: game. <laughs> a Monte Cristo cigar followed down by an Irish coffee in the called the intermission, I'll tell you. And they say, oh, cigarettes and coffee. I'm sure there's something else in those drinks.
2: <laughs> well, you had Gretzky with the hot dogs. Now they got to be an organic hot dog, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? Sure. know what it is now? It's people styling their hair.
1: Brooksy more so than curving their sticks, like a Doug Gilmore and Willie Nylander commercial. I'm not well, sure. I don't, well, I
2: don't know why they're styling their hair. There's no more hair skates because you got to wear a helmet and warm-ups.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best times when you're a skater, by the way. Having uh, it's fun I loved is that it. that
0: mandatory now? you got to wear a
1: helmet?
2: Everything. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure it's it's pretty I close think if to,
1: you're to it. grandfathered in, like Sandano Chara, you can do whatever the fuck you want, though. I
0: loved uh, <laughs> when I played when I played with Corey Hirsch, uh, awesome guy, but he's the only goalie that I know that did the no-bucket warm-up as a goalie. Like, he wouldn't wear his helmet for the first couple laps of warm-up. He was out there, bucket off, sick red hair flow. He's <laughs> 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 here as a goalie, just in the no-bucket
3: warm-up
1: <laughs> for the first few laps. Love that. You know they, they I those old stories make me think of all the times I, I miss that old game, but not that I love it, but uh, I miss it. But uh, see uh transition you know obviously you have uh, the. we talked about you know we didn't really get into too much of the hl playing days but you did have time in lake erie where you had a lot of success for you you know were the first player to get player of the week uh, i believe that's correct at the time of the organization right at the time uh wow. and you know obviously you after playing in st louis when you moved on uh you got traded from dallas to st louis for sean bell was the trade i looked that up too but we won't yes. jump in uh, you, you you know, you had some more time in the AHL before transitioning to Europe. And I know Brooksy uh, is definitely, even myself, you know, the time you've had overseas has been, looks literally amazing. You still playing in Italy. Uh, fantastic. So, Brooksy, giving you the floor, we'll jump into some European discussion.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, I want to I wanna know what was your decision to finally go? You know what I mean? You had some good time in the NHL. You had some great AHL season. What was going through your mind when you decided? I know when it was for me. I'm just curious. What was your reasoning, saying, you know what, it's time for me to make the transition to Europe?
0: Yeah, I uh, well, I finished the season off. Well, my last year, I finished off with the the Flyers organization, and after that season was over, um, uh, my agent mentioned something to me about would I ever consider going to Europe and playing. And honestly, at the time, I was like, you know what no I don't want to do it you know I'm just gonna I'd want to finish off my career here you know in the states in the American Hockey League if, if I could and um, that summer kept going on and I wasn't getting any bites from any hockey clubs at the time and there was a there was a spot open in um in Germany for the Straubing Tigers and my agent was like look they're looking for a number one goalie cash um you can go over there. This is how things are ran. They they give you a place to stay. They'll give you a vehicle. Da da da. And I've been to Europe before, but I I've been with uh like with the team, you know, like I've been with the the World Championship team. So I'm with other players, you know, the coaches. We have a team translator, so it's very easy to get around. You know, you got your buddies with you. So to actually go over by yourself. Is a different story. It's like, okay, like I'd have to go to, to Germany. I don't know the language. Uh, how many North Americans are on the team? Like, how am I going to make this adjustment? Is it different? The ice sheet's bigger. Da, da, da. Like it's a, it's a lot to think about, but, uh, you know, my agent, he always, he told me, he said, and this is what really got me to go over there is he said, look, cash, you go over there. If you don't like it, You can always come home. He's like, go over there, try it out for a month, see what it's like. If it's not for you, then just go to the organization and just be like, look, I'm having a hard time. I don't feel comfortable. You know, I hate to do it, but I'm just I'm going to go back home, you know. But uh, I went over there and man, one of the best decisions of my hockey career. I absolutely loved it over there. Europe is beautiful countries. You get to travel, see the world. And, um, you know, these organizations bring me in. I've been very fortunate that every organization I've been to over there has been very good to me. Great cities, great hockey fans. Um, I spent three in, in Germany, two in Slovakia, uh, one in Italy. Um, I did spend one year over in Korea, believe it or not. But, um, you know, it's like Brooksy said, I mean, if we get to go over there, do something we love to do get paid to do it and see the world while we're over there. Like how, how many people going to do that? You know?
1: <laughs> no, and it literally, it's almost like a, 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 literally a dream. Like I always tell you, Brooksy, I've told you numerous times that the, the, the accomplishments that you've had overseas are, you know, fantastic. And just being able to play in Dallas, Slovakia and, uh, you know now in italy like you said you get to travel to different parts and see the world and he must have been like you like you said there like you don't know the language it's nerves right you're leaving that north american hockey that you're so used to but when you take that jump there's been everyone i've talked to seemed like they do not regret that decision there's always obviously been some money issues and i believe it's been with russia if i brooks you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's yeah. been with russia uh and you know and i don't mean to shoot down the russian league but kind of you know pay your players if you owe money but besides that whole point, y- you know, you get to go there and see that different part of the earth and travel, you know, and that's what everyone, and do something that you love. And obviously you had some success and you were able to uh, play in the North American game with the NHL, the AHL for, you know, a number of years. And they get to experience and still play, you know, 38 years old being a goaltender is not easy. Cash. Like, it's not like, and like, I'm not saying that you're old because you're not, you're still got, you're still young, but obviously for. He's not, but you're old yeah <laughs> so, you know, so how do you like you know having that experience is great obviously but to stay in shape that, to see you do that and still play that that's fantastic
0: yeah I've uh, well I've been very fortunate I mean I know a lot of guys that have had injuries that have forced their careers to be over sooner than they've wanted uh, but I've been fortunate I have you know I knock on wood every time you say it but I haven't had a serious injury you know I get my tweak of the groin or something like that to where i miss you know a week or two but um but yeah i mean to be honest i've always been one to 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 work out to train you know when i'm home in the summers. just i know i gotta take care of the body especially the older you get the harder it is um but i've always been one to do that you know i like to go i'll hop on my bike and ride for you know 10-15 miles and that's for some reason that's fun for me you know but uh, in working out and training, like, I enjoy doing it, and that, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I, I said, I've been very fortunate. I haven't had, you know, one knock-on-one again, a serious injury to where I haven't had to have surgery or I don't have, you know, hip problems or something like that because I know a lot of guys that uh, have played, you know, the game that, that have that problem and, and forces them to end their career at 27 28 when they're very good hockey players that could still be playing
1: and that's where like when you're able to take care of yourself and you haven't had those injuries knock on wood there again with you it's and be able to continue to play that's living the best life as well like they call living the dream the word uh,
2: well i think it's because of the way he's been able to practice he doesn't go down so it's (laughs) lasted a lot longer <laughs> need to be able to, big, I think that's okay. the key. If you want to play until you're thirty eight and be a goaltender, do not go down and practice. That's the key. That's that
0: could be the main reason. <laughs> I didn't want to say it for all these young goalies out there. <laughs> Take care of yourself during the practices. Look <laughs>
2: Well hey, that's why you don't have the injuries. I, I believe it. But speaking of injuries, I I do have to bring something up. With your first year in Straubing, is the correct pronunciation there, Dave? Straubing Tigers. So, anyways. I said Strauburg. So, (laughs) so in Straubing, when you were there, it was the year we played against each other. I was with the Iserlone Roosters. The
0: Roosters, yeah. That's right. So...
2: But I had a very bad injury that year. I had to have knee surgery. And I I think I played nine games only at the time. And I had two goals. That's it that year. I I ended up playing, I think, 20. But up until nine games into the season, I had two goals, nine games in. And both my goals were against the Straubing Tigers. (laughs) I just had to make this clear. What? And yeah. I know who I that know who the again. starter was. It was it was actually in one game. I had my two goal game, and my only two goal game was against you that year because I only scored two because I was injured. But I remember going bananas because we actually talked about this after the game, and I think it was uh, two games later, and I was uh, I was done. I got hurt and I had to have surgery, and uh, and I came back and I it just wasn't the same that year. Yeah. No, a little tip. And it didn't happen.
0: I don't don't remember
2: that, but. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. I don't. (laughs) We're going to have to have a little shoot-off competition. I think for you too. I got to see. And it wasn't a half clapper. I think it was a tip-in, actually, one of them. That's a
0: good memory, man. I I, I don't remember that. Well,
2: I only remember it because it was you and I scored, and you were probably trying to forget it because I will never let you forget it. I think
0: (laughs) I remember Yorkie scored. Was it Mike York that was there?
2: Oh yeah, he was my line mate. Yeah, I remember him lighting me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he, he was a hell of a player, and yeah. we're, you know what? We're gonna have him on the show too, eventually oh, yeah, coming yeah, up yeah. here, and because uh, well, I know he's been a part of uh, Lake State and uh, Lake Superior State, there one of the coaches. So, um, yeah. So it, uh, I just wanted to bring that up because it felt good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I
1: think uh, <laughs> it you feel good, man. I think he was
2: just doing it to let you know, make you feel better. Well, no, he's a good guy. Like that's what that was why he was my roommate. That's why I decided to allow him to be my roommate.
1: <laughs> now, Cash, you know, obviously we talked about a lot that we jump into. Well, we're our, obviously, unfortunately, our time's running a little bit short. Uh, we, as we, you know, said off airs we aim for a particular time, but we never get there. You know, that because we always get on the stories have been fantastic and we're gonna have to have you on again in the near future to do a little part two, in particular with doing a video maybe once COVID relaxes with maybe Brooksy going shooting ten against you, me shooting ten. By the way, I better hit yeah. have- does no i don't but anyway uh the conclusion side of things though you know myself and brooksy'd like to ask random questions to our guests and you know what it's gonna catch maybe catch you off guard nothing weird not gonna ask you to if you ever touched brooksy's jockstrap or anything like that uh but (laughs) you myself (laughs)
2: myself and uh, no but dave wants to
1: no, I have a picture of you with the three-on-three three trophy in your, your, your uh, box. That's even more funny. But uh, get to the questions. I'll go first. I'll let Brooksy go last, obviously, for this. Uh, I had I had two questions that I, that I had planned out because I thought you were gonna answer one, and you kind of did because you said you played against Cujo and like guys and that. So I am gonna skip that first question where if I had to say if you can go back in time and play against any goalie who would that be that you'd want to help play? So if you want to answer that, go ahead. But the question I decided uh, to jump into said that, uh, that honestly, like one guy that when you played in North America or in the NHL that you hated playing against the most, who did you hate playing against the most ever? And no, don't say Brooksy. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's, I mean, I'll be honest. There, there's, um, I mean, there's not one particular. I mean, when I, when I played in the, in the NHL, there was a handful of guys that I hated playing against because, um, like you said, cert- certain guys seem to have your number, But um, and Sakic always seemed to have mine. I mean, I know the guy is like, one of the greatest that's played the game, but it seemed like every time we played Colorado, he was scoring a goal on me. So even before we played Colorado, I was already telling myself, fuck, when's Sackett going to score on me? First period, second period? How many is he going to get on me tonight? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that but, guy scored a lot of goals in his career. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then uh, and then what's funny, too, is um, uh, when Billy Garen was on my team in St. Louis, that he lit me up in practice all the time. Even when I was giving 100%, he just his shot was so hard and so fast um every time he came down on me i was already thinking here comes the goal and before i could even finish thinking to myself here comes the goal the puck was already by me in the net it was probably on his way out of the net <laughs> because the freaking guy would just he would man he was he was scoring left and right on me so those two guys stick out right away you know yeah. outside of brooksy those
1: two guys stick out right away <laughs> <laughs> brooksy your question
2: Good yeah, answer. well, this is going to be a little different than normal because you're a goaltender. But yeah. I want – because I know how important defense is. So, I want to ask you ah. who your best pairing defenseman that you've ever had was and uh, over the years. Oh, man. Wow. Right on the spot. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man. Uh or just name two of your favorite defensemen that you had.
0: Roman's there Polak.
2: for you. <laughs> Roman fucking Polak.
1: What? Polak,
3: yes,
0: I remember him. Polak. Oh man, um,
1: Barrett Jackman, Eric Brewer.
0: Jack, yeah, Barrett Jackman. He was he was for sure up there. He was definitely one of the one of the two guys. Uh, you know, I. I don't want to say just, like, playing-wise, like, just as a person, as a player, you know, there were a handful of guys that, you know, were, it was like, man, these guys are great defensemen. Like, I remember in Peoria, it was, was it uh, Buckley?
2: and who? Oh, yeah, that? Brendan Buckley.
0: And who was the other tall defenseman M- there?
2: Who was it then? Uh, well, we had Mike Motto. Who else did we have?
0: Uh, a tall- Terry Virtue. He was a tall, blonde, veteran guy.
2: Trevor Bourne? Trevor yeah, Burne, I
0: think it was him.
2: Oh, Trevor Bourne. Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> so, you know, it's like I love guys, that you knew that, Dave. Guys like that, man, they, they're great guys. Maybe not the best defensemen in the world, but they would block shots, lay down the line. Like You know what I mean? Like Guys like that are the guys that stick out to me a lot. Like Even, you know, I got two two guys here. I One guy I played with in Korea. And then I played with his brother last year, Troy and Jamie Milam. You know, they're, they're my age, and uh, I got a chance to play with both, and they're both defensemen. And they're out there just 38, 39 years old, sliding still <laughs> blocks and pucks for me, cross-checking guys. You know, a guy skates by and snows me. They two-hand him in the back of the leg. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like the Italian league in Korea. But these guys are still doing it. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Sacrificing the body.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) at 30, you know, 38, but it's funny because, honestly, at this, you know, being an older player, you do what you got to do to get a job next year, right? You want to keep playing. So, uh, this last year in Italy, really quick, that was the first year I'd have a coffee before a game, during a game, and I would sip on a Red Bull during the game just so I could get through that game and play well you know i was up till four o'clock that night five o'clock just laying watching tv because i was so hyped up from caffeine and red bull but it was one of those. it was one of those things where it's like you know what i'm, I'm 37 i'm gonna be 38 you know i want to keep playing i'm gonna have to do what i got to do to play well so i can get a job for next year and obviously with you know covid going on and whatnot and over in europe hockey's kind of up and down teams aren't sure what they're going to do yet yeah um uh, I kind of drank all
1: those Red Bulls and coffees for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect way to kind of conclude the interview. Have we not seen the last of you in Nets? Despite what happens, I know it depends on what happens in the world, but if the world allows hockey to happen for everybody in the world, for you to travel, we haven't seen the last of you, can we confirm that or are we still waiting for that announcement?
0: <laughs> no, you're going to be waiting for that one. I mean, I'm you know like we talked about before i I've, I've been fortunate no injuries i'm healthy and i'm i'm still ready to play i'm just waiting for that that one phone call that one team that's willing to say hey we need a veteran guy to come in here and stop some pucks can you do it and you know i'll be on a flight in two days, my stuff's packed up and ready to go.
1: <laughs> that's you know what? That's good. To, that, that is good to hear. I like that. Now, you know what? We obviously went a little extra, and, you know, overall, the stories were great. I, I, the one that obviously really stands out is one with Turco and Old Tom. I'm glad that we have that to, to say. I know uh, Turk's We'll hopefully tune in. and know he's friends with Brooksy and myself, and I'm sure we'll get a message for that, potentially saying that I can't believe he told that story. <laughs> uh, but overall, I want to say, uh, actually, you know what? I'll go to Brooksy first uh, to say the goodbyes because I'm the one who closed everything out. i don't let Brooksy close things out because I feel like he... You know, <laughs> so, Brooksy, do you No,
2: I just want to uh, thank you for coming on the show, taking the time. You know, I really appreciate it. I hope you get that call because you deserve it. You're a good guy, good teammate, and a lot of fun. And for being a goalie, you're not as strange as most. So, you know, that's a good (laughs) thing. So we'll keep that going. But uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Oh,
0: man, anytime, anytime, guys. It was was, was a lot of fun. And, you know, like you said, if uh, if you guys like to have me back, it'd be an honor to come back on your show and and chat more. It was a lot of fun. (laughs)
1: Oh, we definitely could have made uh, an extended piece, but maybe we'll save that and we'll do a part two in the very near future. And like I said, hopefully next time on video or even in person if the world allows us to do that sooner rather than later. Doubt it, but we will <laughs> hold my breath with that. But especially uh, if you're around, I, we got to get on the ice together. I'll rent, I'll pay for it, and do a shootout challenge against Brooksy. You know, I got to, I, if I can beat Brooksy in a shootout competition against you, I would never let him live it down. So. <laughs> Uh, overall, though, I want to say, uh, like Brooksy said, uh, Gwet, uh Cash, thank you very much for coming on. It was awesome. I know you had to figure out Skype again and come talk to myself and Brooksy and, you know, spend some time with us. So uh, it was great having you on.
0: No, thanks again, man. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Definitely, and you can also follow Jason McCaschua uh, on Instagram. I don't know if anyone's ever known that. We just end up—I ended up just following you today. What is your Instagram handle so people can follow you?
0: Yep. it's just uh, Jason McCaschua. I mean, if you know how to spell McCaschua, then uh, pretty easy to find me. But uh, <laughs> it's, its just like I said, it's Jason McCaschua. There's like Brooksy was gave me a hard time earlier he's like yeah oh, there's probably not too many jason the out
3: there so
1: <laughs> no there, there's definitely not and you know what? it's a certain unique way and you got you had a pretty entertaining story on your snapchat uh, or snapchat while wow, here i'm watching things on your instagram sorry sorry yeah. and it, but, uh, you definitely are on there you're not one of those individuals that doesn't barely go on there so that's good so make sure you give a uh, cash a follow on instagram and i want to say thank you to brooksy Uh, I don't have to say thank you as much as say to our guests, and we'll be on again, brother, sometime soon.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks again. I appreciate it.
1: Definitely. Now, getting to the conclusion portion, uh, and on behalf of Brendan Brooks and the whole crew here at the Game Entertainment and Media, I want to say thank you again, and don't hesitate to hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the platforms that the Game Sports Show is on as well as check us out on all the platforms of Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Podbean, Podtail, Facebook, and or Instagram are those platforms. Now, getting to the conclusion portion, I like to remind listeners to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bat, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. Hi, it's Rob Shrimp from 44 Vision Hockey. 44 Vision Hockey is an online coaching platform for both boys and girls. The 44
0: Vision platform is a 360-degree immersive training model designed to help players achieve their goals. You can learn from the coaches who have all achieved from the highest levels in the game, all the way from NHL on the men's side to Olympic team members on the women's side.
1: Check out our website
0: at 44visionhockey.com.